And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and I'm your only host tonight, Nate. I think Tony's at work. I am honored and privileged. I have Joel Thomas on, man. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, dude, uh, pretty fucking fantastically. I'm just getting over a cold. It's fucking kicked my ass. I've been pretty lazy. I've only put out one episode this week, uh, trying to get back on the horn. Uh, how are you doing, man? Doing all right, man. Just... uh like you grinding away, uh, got my hands on about a million things right now. Sometimes I don't know if how I'm pulling it off, but <laughs> if, I'm making it work. Fuck yeah, dude. No, I feel you, dude. Uh, I work probably 90 plus hours a week, just regular fucking jobs. I have a full-time job and then a weekend job uh, doing some other wild shit. And then I try to put out three episodes a week. And then uh, we're we're, we're going to be working towards our next documentary coming up pretty soon. And then I have a one year old. So it's a it's a busy, fucking crazy life, man. But we do it because we love it. Right. It's, uh <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that's that's the key. Uh, you know, for me, it's all about building. So I think if I've completed like a project or something, I'm looking for the next thing to build. I'm never really slowing down i'm always looking for some creative outlet to get into and to expand into and uh yeah man i completely get it so joel this is your first time on the show why don't you kill, uh tell our audience a little bit about yourself and where they can find you yeah i'm uh joel thomas um i'm part of a music group called van tesla uh, my partner, Quan Duke, uh, he's, uh, part of it as well. We do music together there. Uh, Van Tessel's moving more into a, um, I would, I maybe label arena at this point. It's starting to move into something a little bigger. So, uh, the, the brand, I guess is what it would be the Van Tesla brand. So, uh, where that name comes from is Van Gogh and Tesla, uh, Nikola Tesla. So th- we kind of combine those names because, some people think it's the conspiracy side of it. It really isn't. It's actually more so what those guys uh, meant after they died. So for me, mm. uh, with Van Gogh, I, I personally relate to him, you know, just kind of be a tortured soul and, and creating just this, these masterpieces that was never really recognized until after he died. Uh, same thing with Tesla. He didn't really get his due until he died. So I, I feel like that when you say he still doesn't have his, you know, Unfortunately, yeah, Nikola Tesla. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, um, you know, I, I would say maybe in our world he does. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, and maybe, you know, there, there's more people awake than than ever before. So I, I do think that he's uh, he's gotten more due um, than, you know, maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago. But, you know, for me, it was those guys resonated with me in that way. Uh because if you're fighting against the system or you're trying to create something that's like like Tesla, free energy, right? So, you know, he's trying to create this or Van Gogh's trying to create this work of art, not for monetary value, but for people to, to love the actual artistry of it. I feel like people that are in those categories um, have a tougher time. I'm not saying you can't, you know, achieve um, some level of success. Um, you can. But I think that it's a it's a longer road. But I also think it's more gratifying when you do in the end. So for me, um, when it comes to music, that's what I shoot for. I don't make music for anybody but myself. I I want to listen to it in a car and enjoy it. 
cool if you do. If you don't, I don't really give a shit. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but I create for myself. And I think that's when people connect with music at a deeper uh, level because they feel the passion. They feel what you're saying in a different way. And I do that with any, any medium that I'm uh, a part of. I mean, right now I've got my hands in a lot of things. Um, I work with uh, Merkel Media. We uh, travel over the U.S. hunting cryptids. Uh, we had our last documentary, uh, Expedition Dogman. It's on Amazon Prime now. Um, Fuck yeah. You know, it, it, uh, it's done really well. Uh, we just shot a new documentary. Uh, we went out to Utah. I can't talk too much about it, but let's just say skinwalkers. And there's a lot of footage of things that we found and saw while we were out there that's going to blow people's minds. So we did catch a lot of stuff on camera. So we got some good stuff for everybody. Uh, and yeah. may may or may not have had a uh, run in with the government as well. So uh, it's it was pretty exciting. Um, and we're already plotting the next trip. I can't talk about that either, but it's uh, it's already in in the works and it's going to be wild. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be wild, too. Um, also, you know, I'm part of Kill the Mockingbirds podcast with Sean Chris. Uh, how we met was through music. Really, how I met Tony Merkel is through music. Uh, somebody gave him my music, or in Sean's case, I sent it over to him because he just looked like the kind of guy that liked hip hop. So I sent it over to him, and they ended up loving the music. And he and I did a few podcasts together, just me, you know, coming on his podcast. And he'd been looking for a guest for a little while. And he asked me one day, and I was like, Yeah, man, I was, I was looking to get in the podcast game anyway. I just needed a fit that, that worked for me. And I had been doing the podcast runs for about a year. So it was it was time. And, you know, from, you know, the moment that he and I got together, we've grown exponentially over the past five, six months. So, you know, that's that's sort of it. I've also got my hands in in a couple other projects I'm not talking about yet. So we have I've I'm staying busy. Stay busy, man. Fucking A, man. And you do you have a family too? You're pretty damn busy, Angie. Yeah, yeah, I got a family, uh, two kids. They're older though, so uh, I don't, you know, I, I'm not like you with the, with the one year old man. I don't, I, I don't envy you at all, man. Like it's great, dude. I'm multi generational. My oldest is 15, about wow. to turn 16, and I've got a one year old. So it's yeah, it's everywhere. It's pretty fucking wild. I hear you. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the best thing, and goddamn, is it exhausting? But it's the best thing too. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, I thought man, I was uh, out of the game. Dude. I had some serious grays in my beard. I was like, and then <laughs> <laughs> home stretch, man. I was like, three more years, I can kick them out. And yeah, <laughs> I hear you, yeah. man. Yeah, that's where mine are at. So you know, they kind of got you know the building for themselves, and I'm helping them. You know, so that's cool. Uh, they're both real creative too. So I love that. Uh, Hell yeah! Are, do all, your kids all of that stuff? Are are your kids into music too? Are they making music? Uh, no, but uh, my son's into acting, and my daughter she is moving into like the wedding planning world. So she's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, she's in a very creative spectrum of that. But she she does a lot of stuff, writes, and does a lot of things. So she's kind of uh, multifaceted. Hell yeah, dude! So I I'm a little curious about you. How did you get into cryptids, Joel? What was it that, uh, have you been interested in cryptids your whole life or? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the mountains of Georgia. That's something that people don't really know about me. So I actually grew up on the side of a mountain. Um, 
most of my life I lived, you know, in rural areas, but I'd say for, a, you know, a good portion of my younger uh, life, I lived in the mountains of Georgia. My granddad had property there. He farmed, he had, a, you know, every, the, everything you think of chickens, all that. Uh, we lived there about, the so I roamed the mountains for years and, you know, we always heard about Bigfoot and, and I was always interested in Loch Ness Monster when I was a kid. My mom used to buy me a lot of books. Uh, they always supported it. I mean, you know, like my mom always said, hey, you can't disprove it. So, you know, and there's too many stories out there that support there being um, things out there beyond our understanding. I mean, it's, it, you know, when you think about it, 5% of the ocean's been discovered. I mean, that's, that's like nothing. And then when you think about just land masses on the U.S., or not the U.S., but just in the world, uh, there's so many areas that you really can't get to super remote, especially when you're looking at places like, you know, Russia and, play, you know, it, there's a lot of unpopulated areas where there's just a, there could be a lot going on. So I just, you know, if, if you say no to something, I feel like you're super closed minded at that point, but yeah, I've always been into cryptids and oddly enough, uh, with Tony, uh, he invited me on the Dogman uh, trip and it was really, he was rolling the dice. He didn't even know what I was going to say. Like he and I were cool. And I'd been to Philly when he lived in Philly and we like, you know, shot some shows together and he was big into my music and, you know, he's always supported me there and he's always had my music as a part of his shows. Uh, but, you know, he, he was rolling the dice. He said, yeah, I know this guy's, you know, against deep state and, you know, against the government and all that, but I don't know how he feels about cryptids. It's like, dude, I grew up on the side of a mountain and I got plenty of guns, so I'm more than willing to get out there with you and hunt down dog, man. And we went out there and, um, uh, two other guys came, uh, Christian Roper. Uh, he's done a lot of stuff with like Nat Geo and all that. And then, uh, Ward Heine. Um, you know, he, he's, uh, done a lot of, uh, documentary stuff as well. Uh, he just did dark collar, which is a crazy series, um, on uh, lure, uh, which is really good. So, you know, those guys are camera guys, directors. Uh, he just kind of threw this mixed pot of guys together that didn't really know each other at all. I, we all knew Tony and that was it. And, you know, our first time meeting is in the Daniel Boone national forest with our, you know, guide, that has seen dog man twice and you know we went out in the woods and saw some wild shit man like i i seen some stuff that i can't really you know to this day don't know what it was like i, I really can't describe it um you know was it was it bigfoot quantum bigfoot was it you know the fey was it you know any any of those things that could have been um and in government helicopters were highly involved too. They were, they seemed to be following us the whole time right there, which was really odd as well. So, uh, but we all clicked. Where, where were you guys at? Where, where's Daniel Boone national park? Daniel Boone national forest. Uh, that's yeah, in yeah. Kentucky, Kentucky and Kentucky. Okay. Very yeah. interesting. I, yeah, I've, I've had a gentleman on my show that has had some dog man and Bigfoot sightings and he's out in Louisiana. And you've seen them out there. And um, I don't think I'm out here on the West coast. I'm up here in Oregon and there's a hundred percent Bigfoot out here, but I haven't heard of any dog men out here. I think they're more in your neck in the woods. Yeah, there is. Uh, 
Louisiana is a hotbed for him, though. I've heard a lot about Dogman in Louisiana. A lot of stories about that, too. So definitely, definitely, you know, he's probably telling the truth if he's seen him there because that's that's a that's a pretty known place for him. Um, I live in Ohio, so there is just like cryptids everywhere. I mean, you go up and down Ohio. They're everywhere. Tons of Bigfoot sightings, tons of just random cryptids that are like one offs. <laughs> in this state which is really wild man uh i've got some friends of mine they're from a uh podcast called cryptids of the corn and those guys are phenomenal and uh one of the guys is a biologist and he breaks down cryptids to the t man this guy's really good at it but um he has studied so many different cryptids in ohio and it's pretty fascinating because there's so much there's a lot of rural areas in Ohio, a lot. Like even where I'm at, I, I'm in the Cincinnati area, but kind of where I'm at, I could go five miles and it just gets to like nothing. And there was just a Bigfoot sighting probably eight miles from me, maybe six months ago. And some pictures hit. Um, I know some Facebook pages and stuff. I mean, I don't know if they were real or not, but at the end of the day, I know that they were they couldn't be proven. I know that the authorities looked at them. I know that they said they weren't fake. So that did come out and they said they weren't fake. So I don't know if it was somebody in a suit that was just able to pull something like that off, but it, they look, they look pretty interesting to me. It looked like they could be real. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Loveland, Ohio, right? Is that where uh, the Loveland frog is from? Have you uh, heard of him? I do know about that only from Justin for Crypto's Accord. He has talked about uh, that. He's I think he did a whole episode on that, as a matter of fact. So, uh, yeah, they they talk about a lot of really cool, uh, interesting uh, cryptos. But, yes, I have heard of that, uh, oddly enough, from him. So those one-offs, I just kind of run to him. Hey, what you got? You know? <laughs> well, cool, man. I want to ask you – I have some questions for you. And sure. I love the episode you did with my buddy uh, – um, oh, my buddy Ryan Dean, when you guys were talking a little bit about, man, what the fuck were, you guys were talking about? I think you guys were talking about like, uh, was that the, the serpent, um, the brotherhood, brotherhood of, the, of the snake, brotherhood of the snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one was fucking fascinating, dude. And I listened to like a little bit of your show last night that you did with Tony Markle about the Nephilim and the bloodlines and different stuff. That shit is mm-hmm. fucking fascinating, dude. And so I was actually going to ask you just sort of about like the ancient bloodlines and different things like that, just to get started. Cause I'm just crazy fascinated about that stuff, dude. And it, do you think that they really, cause do they, so they say that they can tie their bloodline to, to Cain, right? Is that, mm-hmm. that's the story. Well, um, they essentially tie their bloodlines to fallen angels. So the fallen angel incursion doesn't come until like the seventh generation. Cain, uh, when he killed Abel and was cursed and really just, you know, left the, left the fold. Um, you know, he's, he's a bill. He was a builder and that whole side of it is that's where the Freemasonry stuff comes from is the building aspect of it. Um, you know, his son Enoch, uh, was a master builder. And that's really where the Brotherhood of the Snake really comes in with Cain and his son Enoch. Matter of fact, Cain's first city that he built, he named after Enoch. Um, oddly enough, he built 66 cities. So that's something a lot of people don't know about. So the good 6-6 six, six there for people that care about numerology, numbers, and geometra. So uh, it definitely comes into play. Um, you know, the seven sciences, or what we call the several seven liberal arts now, 
were taught to Adam and Eve in the garden. When they got kicked out of the garden, they still knew what the seven sciences were, right? So, you know. Was that knowledge that was supposedly passed down through the serpent, or was that knowledge that God gave them? That God gave them. Now, okay. it was <clears throat> now it was corrupted because Cain was taught the seven sciences as well, you know, and, and also Abel, his brother. Well, he killed Abel. Uh, the third son that came was Seth. So those are the two bloodlines that you really we talk about because you got Seth's bloodline and then you got Cain's bloodline. And from those bloodlines is where you get, um, you know, Jesus was was through uh, Seth's bloodline. And then you've got Cain's bloodline. And like I said, they're in that seventh generation is when you had the big incursion, when the fallen angels are, or the, the sons of God laid with the daughters of men. And it created the giants, the men of renown, the Nephilim. So this is, you know, people talk about the Anunnaki. Uh, every culture has got a different name for them, um, which, you know, should let people know that there has to be some truth to this because it's in every culture. <clears throat> You look, at, yeah. you look at globally, I mean, you can look at Asian cultures and they talk about giants. I mean, any culture talks about them. Hell, when I was out in Utah, this is wild. So we had a guy come out and do uh, energy readings on the property that we were on. Um, and I could talk about this because this doesn't really have anything to do with the documentary. But he was a Nephilim expert. Uh, he didn't call himself out. I'm just saying that because there's certain guys that I would consider, you know, it, it, very knowledgeable on the subject. And he'd written several books about it. He's a professor at one of the universities uh, in that area. Uh, he's not allowed to write nonfiction on the subject, though, but he can write it in fictional form. So I know a lot of guys that do that. I know Ellie Marzulli's done that before in some of his books when he really wants to get really out there with some of the theories and test the waters. He'll do it in a fictional form. Uh this is kind of how this guy is too. Uh, he did tell us about the uh, Valley of the Three Kings. He told us to go check it out. It was close by the area. It's like 30 minutes away. There were petroglyphs on the canyon walls of Six Finger Giants. We actually went there and took video of it, took pictures of it. It's pretty wild. Uh, we went up and down the canyon, and there were Six Finger Giants all over the place. And these are thousands of year old. And this is from you know Native American people that lived in these canyons. Um, so again, it's been in every culture, it's been everywhere. Um, when we were in Utah, you know, we, we did shoot this film from the native American aspect, which nobody ever talks about when they go do skinwalker films. It's all scientific. It's all UFOs or UAPs, whatever they want to call it. It's not from the native American aspect. And we wanted to do it from that aspect because that's where it started. That started hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago with these Native Americans. They're the ones that talked about skinwalkers. They're, they're the ones that talked about people that could change into animal form and some of these things. Well, as we were interviewing a lot of these Native Americans, oddly enough, giant talk just pops up consistently in these Native American stories. I mean, they even talk about giants still being alive in some of the mountain areas to this day. So people are still seeing some of these redheaded giants and some of these, you know, quote unquote Nephilim to this day. So this is nothing. This is nothing that you can't track back to most cultures. So at the end of the day, you could say you don't want to believe it. That's fine. But you're doing yourself a disservice because, you know, the Smithsonian's just scooped up all the bones anyway and hit them just like most most places around the world. Now, we'll say this. Uh, Marzulli does talk about there are. Uh, museums in other countries that will allow you to see certain bones. They'll bring them out and let you see them. So they will be like fingers that are, you know, as, 
long as you know to my elbow which is pretty wild so you get to see some pretty cool stuff so yeah i mean the giants have been they say range anywhere from the 45 50 feet range you know down to like the smaller ones which are like 13 10 feet stuff like that yeah man it's it is pretty wild something that you bring up there is that in other countries they're much more open to these ideas and that like if you go to mexico like you can go to uh like their universities and things and they have professors that will talk about this sort of shit it's really just like in america and england and places like that that are really shut off to these types of ideas because they you know they have their professors with their theories and different things that they you know they have I, i I really honestly don't know why it is. I, why is it, do you think, in your opinion, that they are hiding the giant's bones from us? Like, does that, what does that do for them? It disproves evolution. So they don't want to disprove uh, their theory of evolution. So, and to that point, uh, I'm not, I don't believe in evolution, not in the, in the sense of the Darwinism that's been brought to us right now. I do believe that the earth is probably in the millions and billions of years old, but I believe in like two earths. I believe in old earth and new earth. So uh, I am a Christian. I'll put that out there uh, for people to know too, but I'm not a Christian in the typical sense. Uh, I, I don't believe in much that goes on with the church. I think it's been infiltrated, and I think that they've absolutely uh, done their best to uh, corrupt the teachings of Jesus and corrupt things. And, and that was their point, right? They they wanted to take all of the esotericness or the supernatural out of the church. And then what they did on the opposite end, they created these secret societies. They created all this occultism and new age to make it attractive on the other end. So it's like, well, hey, we'll give it to you over here, but not in the way that you should have it. Right. So I think that that's the imbalance that was created, uh, you know, especially when Roman Catholicism came along. I mean, man, they, they came along and really just fucked shit up big time uh, on purpose, too, by the way. Hundred percent, dude. I'm I'm right on board with you. I'm I'm a Christian myself, and I say that I do not ascribe to churchianity, is what I call it. Absolutely. You know, things like that. I, I call myself a Christ follower. And yeah, I like um, it. me too. That's what I say too. I'm a follower of Christ. Um, I, I hope that you know, in me finding the truth and connecting with other people, that you know, I could show the love of Christ in that way. Also. People have, you know, pretty much you know, pussified Christ too, because like Christ was a warrior, man. There was a verse in the Bible he where was they a said, "Badass where, man," where where they said that, uh, you know, Her- Herod wants you to leave here, and he was just like, "You tell Herod I'll be here tomorrow if he wants to come see me." Like, you know, he, yeah, he, he 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 only died because he did that for us. That wasn't because he, you know, he, you know, some people say like, "Well, look what." You know, standing up for whatever it did for Jesus. I'm like, man, he did that because he died for us. Like, just chill yeah. out. Like, let's quit trying to, like, make him so meek and weak. And he was meek, but in the way that he connected with people that most people won't connect with, which I hate and about see, Christianity people now. use the word meek incorrectly, or at least we Absolutely. have a different. Yeah, meek means, like, I have a sword and I could use it. I'm choosing not to. Yeah. It's like it's it's about it's like peace, but it's like strength and peace. And it's yeah, it's it's interesting, man, because people think meek meek means weak and it doesn't. It's the exact opposite. It's a show of strength, but I'm choosing to be peaceful. Right. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, back to the um, you know, the evolutionary thing. That that's what it is. They 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 have this theory of evolution. Giants screw that up. <laughs> if it comes out that there's forty foot, fifty foot giants, well, where's that a part of this missing link situation that they're trying to create? Like it, it doesn't because that would be the next step of evolution, right? That would be the next step would be the giants from us. Like we, that would be the next level. Well, you, you they, they were way before us or like, or at least way before what they want to tell us. So yeah. I believe in a theory of old earth and new earth. So in the first two verses, pre-flood is that what separates no, it or no. Okay. So, there's two, the first two verses of the Bible in Genesis, Genesis 1 1 and Genesis 1 2, are very interesting. Genesis 1 1 says that God created the heavens and the earth. In verse 2, it says the earth was out form and void. Well, that doesn't make any sense because he created earth in the first verse, but then the earth was out form and void. So, a lot of theologians, at least that adhere to this theory, is that God created the heavens and the earth. There could have been a massive gap between those two verses, like millions and billions of years. So a lot of people think that's when the angel wars happened uh, between the two warring factions, between Lucifer's side, between God's side. When you had the angel wars on Mars and planet Rahab, which is no longer with us. Uh, a lot of these theories tie into that. A lot of people think that that's when the dinosaurs were around or dragons, which I tend to lend to that theory as well like these bones i like dragons more than i like dinosaurs <laughs> correct so you know we don't know what those bones represent right we know it's reptilian in nature but we don't know what they did we don't know you know you look at t-rex right he's got these little bitty arms what are those arms or those wings we don't know what that really was uh we just know what we see and then we try to you know figure it out but even now yeah, they're even, i'm suspicious they're... of all dinosaurs in general just because like there's so many missing bones like they'll tell you like at a t-rex they have like 40 percent of him and then they make up the other 60 percent and you're like i i don't fucking trust you guys like i just to me almost i mean i'm not saying that there weren't any dinosaurs there might have been uh but i still think that they're just hiding giants bones and saying look it's a dinosaur <laughs> I, I mean don't it could know. be i'm very uh i'm very open-minded to the fact that i don't know right so yeah you know, i've been i've been to some places like uh we've got a place close by me called the uh, creation museum which is pretty dope they've got a t-rex in there and they've actually got the the fake head up and they tell you it's a fake head but then they get the real head that's in a piece of glass they actually break down like what bones are real what aren't um they've got a lot of it there so that's cool is is you know I, I i've heard the dinosaurs aren't real theory and i get where they're going with it especially when it goes to the uh evolutionary part right that they that they are using dinosaur bones to promote evolution and most and there of was the a bunch of guys that were swindlers around that mm -hmm. time that were like hey look at this what i just discovered and it was like like pig Correct. bones and shit and right so i'm just suspicious true. of the whole yeah. Oh, I'm suspicious too of what they promote it to be. Now, do I think that a lot of those bones could be real that they show us? Some of them. I think that a lot of the bones are, are and they'll even tell you, are, are reproductions of what they have behind the scenes. I mean, the Smithsonian talks about that all the time. Um, so again, I lend to this like dragon theory of maybe these were dragons. Maybe they breathe fire. All the stuff that we 
see in fantasy because all, all the stuff we see in fantasy and science fiction is just soft disclosure, right? They, it just leaked things out to you slowly over time to make you comfortable with the idea. It's like what they're doing with Nephilim now. They're doing it with superhero movies. Uh, they're doing it with uh, a, a lot of these fantasy movies. You're seeing more giants. You're seeing more superpowers. You're seeing things that it, there's been such a massive influx of superhero movies in the past 20 years to where it's, it's you know, every other movie. And why are they doing that? There's always a reason behind what they're doing in the media. And I think they are getting ready at some point to reveal Nephilim. Now, I don't think it's going to happen right away, but I, I do think it's going to be part of this New World Order agenda that they're bringing in. I think gray aliens are a part of this, too, uh, or as I like to call them, fallen angels. I think it is part of this uh, massive deception that's coming. I think the Antichrist is going to be a Nephilim. I think he's going to look a lot like us, maybe have six fingers, maybe something a little different, but his power levels are going to be something that you don't understand. It's going to be, he'll be what they'll call the next step of evolution. Um, that's fascinating, man. That's yeah, fucking so, fascinating. Now, I think that the mark of the beast is going to be something vastly different than people think it is. People are talking about, you know, barcodes or they're talking about the chip and they're not showing you the chip for it to be the mark of the beast. I just think that's ridiculous. You know, people people were probably closer um, when they were talking about the jab than they were anything uh -huh. and not because of what they thought about it. I think that the mark of the beast is going to be a DNA changer. I think what it yep. will do is enhance you to the point to where you'll become godlike. And I think that that will be the key to taking the mark of the beast because you'll become a god yourself. That's always been what hu humankind and humanity has wanted to achieve. Look at Nimrod. Look at what he wanted to do with the Tower of Babel. He wasn't building a tower up. He was building probably something more akin to a Stargate or more akin to a portaling system to try to get into the other realm to get into heaven. That's what he was trying to do. That's what they've all tried to achieve. They, they want to achieve this godhood or prove that they're greater than God with the help of fallen angels and Lucifer or whatever else you want to call him. Um, that's, that's the ultimate agenda here. So I do think it's, it's definitely on its way. I think we're working our way towards it. I think we're working towards that, uh, antediluvian time of when technology was just out of control before the flood and there was chimera running all rampant you know you had atlantis and all these other things going on i think we're moving towards that uh we're not there yet but i think we're definitely moving towards uh that arena that's fucking fascinating man yeah i was gonna ask you like so what do you think about these these bloodlines so they claim to be nephilim but we also hear that there are so i mean when i think of the nephilim i think about the giants i think about the you know the redheads the six fingers all that but i also they people talk about there being reptilians do you think that there is a reptilian bloodline too or is that kind of just uh like I always I've heard this story a few times and, you know, you can't prove that this actually happened. But it was a it was like a uh, it was a friend of Princess Di. And she said that Princess Di went to one of the parties and the queen like took off her fucking mask and she was an actual lizard and was mm. eating people. And so were uh, like. I like, I think her husband was eating people too. Uh, do you think that there's anything to that? Do you think that there are actually lizard people or is this kind of a euphemism? Like kind of a, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. 
So I think there I are think two. About, <laughs> what I think about reptilians, though, and some of the research I've done, they are from these these Nephilim bloodlines. So if you track back before the flood and you start looking into the bloodlines, there's actually two bloodlines. You've got the dragon court, which is like your patriarchal bloodline. And then you've got the fairy bloodlines, which is more of your matriarchal. So your fairy bloodlines are going to be several different you know, uh, scopes of fairy bloodlines. Now the reptilians are actually a part of that bloodline. So the reptilians are kind of this in-between stage between you've got like your, your giants, your men are renowned, your, your, uh, you know, the Nephilim, uh, even to your Raphaim, which kind of came in yeah. after the flood. Um, you got those, those are like your dragon court, right? Those are the, the patriarchal side. That's what they say that the antichrist is going to come from is this patriarchal dragon's court. That's more of your 13 bloodlines in general. Like they, that's at least the research I've done. That's where you're going to get more of that hard line, uh, bloodline. Now the fairy bloodlines are just as protected, but they, they're, like I said, it's more of a matriarchal thing and you get more of like your, your elves, uh, your, your trolls, um, your reptilians come into there too. They're actually the reptilians are in this tier that's kind of in between, like more of your elves and and the nephilim. So the reptilians are got these shapeshifter abilities, which they get from their fathers, fathers, which we know the fallen angels can shapeshift and turn into men, whatever else, right? So we know that that's part of it. They kind of get that trait from them, um, and that and, and they also have a, a very underground nature to them too. So that's why you hear a lot of stories about the reptilians coming from out under the ground. You don't hear much about you do hear about reptilians being on spaceships with grays and stuff like that. Um, but t- typically, you don't hear about reptilians too much uh, in in you know you know quote unquote UFOs or whatever. Uh, not all the time, unless they're in some sort of. I'd say like a uh, leadership standpoint, the, the grays are, are, are the, are the abductors. Right. Um, and I think there's several uh, different kinds of those too, but when it comes to the reptilians, I think you're spot on. I think the reptilians are a big part of what goes on. Uh, their shape-shifting abilities allow them uh, to do things that some of the other ones can't. Um, I don't, really know why that is i don't know how that works uh with fallen angels and them having sex with animals and sex with humans and all that which even the book of enoch talks about them having sex with animals and creating which i think maybe that's where your cryptids come from is this is yeah copulation now i will say this too though let me throw this out there so we know that chimeras are created with dna splicing we know that because they're already doing it right they're already talking about this in mainstream media now so i think there was a lot of that going on before the flood i think i think with the help of fallen angels i think the scientists or whatever you call them back then did a lot of that uh uh testing and that's where you got a lot of your like uh Griffiths and you got a lot of your uh you know uh lion-headed men and and your ox-headed men a lot of these things so you know it's 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 a combination of both you're following the angel copulation and then you've got you know dna splicing as well yeah dude that's fucking fascinating you know and i've been curious about this too because when i when i think about these different bloodlines and i think about like because to me, what it really seems like, at least in uh, in, uh, in our observable world, it seems like the reptilians are the ones that are in charge right now. And it almost seems that, like, 
when we think about like ancient times, we think about like Tartaria, we think about all these different like really cool ancient lost civilizations. It almost seemed like that there was a civil war maybe that happened. And I, and I've heard about this actually from a few different folks that there's, that there had been like these uh, like fights between those bloodlines. And I wonder if like that, that they're like, cause where the fuck are the giants at? Where are they at? Like it, you know, I'm wondering, we don't see them often. Right. Um, do you think that there has been like, do you, who do you think is in charge right now? In your opinion, do you think, uh, so what I think is going on right now is a different type of deception, right? So I think, when the flood happened, I think there was a couple of things. I, I know I've talked to Gary Wayne, who I would consider an expert uh, on Nephilim. Uh, you know, he's written several books about Genesis 6 conspiracy. It was probably like, you know, for lack of a better word, the Bible on the Nephilim subject. But he uh, uh, he's talked about, you know, he thinks there was a second incursion after the flood, right? So I, I adhere to that too. I think there probably was, but I also have a theory that I think there was some sort of portaling out um, or portaling in the earth from the fallen angels to get their kids out of there. So I think there's there, I think there is a different um, sphere, a different e existence that they can get to um, that they have gotten to. Now, again, after the flood, when the Raphaim come along, it was, they were a little, uh, they weren't, they weren't as big as the Nephilim of the old, right? The Raphaim were in that weird, you know, 12 feet to 18 foot range. Uh, maybe a couple 20 feet guys, but they weren't the same. Now, what I've read is that after the first incursion, those fallen ages went to the pit. We know that from the Bible, uh, they got thrown in the pit until, you know, the book of Revelation when they're released back on the earth, which I think CERN's trying to tap into right now. Uh, that's a whole different subject. But you had these other fallen angels that took, their their next their next step into the hierarchy right so those fallen angels were gone you had other fallen angels that took their place so those fallen angels some of them ended up having an incursion they were thrown in the pit as well so what these fallen angels have learned is we're gonna get thrown in the pit we, we can't operate like this anymore we've got to find a way to do what we want to do but do it more in secret and build towards the end time of, of what we want to do to try to like win this thing once and for all. And I think that's what they've done with secret societies. And that's what they've done with these bloodlines is that they have created a, a forum that they can build from in secret. So I, I think that's what they're doing now because they can't come out in the open and they can't have incursions, at least not here. Now I do have a theory that a lot of people aren't tapping in on. I think they are having incursions in this other place. And I think that's where you're getting these alien abductions from when they're, when these women are getting abducted, they're becoming pregnant. They lose the kid after a couple months or whatever. They get abducted again. This kid's taken. I think these incursions are happening in this other zone, this other sphere. And I think that's a little loophole to not get thrown back in the pit. So I think they are building uh, Nephilim armies in this place uh, and they're getting ready for the end times. That's fucking fascinating, man. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I actually think that there's a lot of interdimensionality to this. 
Mm. Um, and this is like, like when it comes to this, it's like spiritual warfare. And I, and I think something that you said, which I think is really fascinating is that they don't come here and do their old, you know, they don't go by their old ways because they are going to get thrown in the pit. Right. And so I, the way I've been seeing it is like, I, I almost think that these things can't even come here without a vessel. You know, they, they kind of have to come here through like either possession, like you allow one of these entities to like come into you or something like that. Maybe that has something to do with those bloodlines. Maybe those bloodlines are like uh, humans. I don't know if they're humans or not, but uh, that uh, are easier to be uh, like taken by those entities or something like that. Maybe there's something to that. Um, but I see a lot of, and tell me if you think I'm wrong here. I think uh, one of the big things that I've been looking at is this whole idea of like AI and these, uh, these computers that we're creating these crazy fucking computers. I think these are just housing demons. I think this is like, cause your brain is a computer, right? And that's like what it can inhabit. Uh, because I think we're spiritual beings that inhabit this meat suit. Right. And this is how they're able to do that. This is this interface through our brain. And so they're making these supercomputers. I think that like we literally are bringing demons here through these, what we call AIs, these things that we're like speaking to. I don't know, man. What do you think about that? So I think on, uh, on two fronts here. So I do agree with you, uh, especially when you're talking about something like Google created with Lambda, where uh -huh. Lambda became sentient. Um, and the reason and how uh, Lemoyne even knew that Lambda was sentient uh, is because uh, Lambda started talking like John D, who, if you all know who John D uh -huh. is, one of the most occultic people of all time. So started speaking to him as John D, and you know, Lemoyne being as occultic as he is, realized what he was saying, and that's how he ended up having these series of algorithmic questions to Lambda to where he figured out Lambda was sentient. Now, do I think that it's actually sentient? Probably not. I think it's probably housing some sort of entity. So I do agree with you on that front. Now, to the front of people being possessed. So fallen angels cannot possess people. They can do what we okay. call like pu puppeteering, right? They can they can uh, manipulate people. They, they, they can't actually uh, enter into somebody. Now, demons can't. So demons. I was going to ask you what the difference. Yeah. So demons are actually the spirits of the Nephilim. So if you know anything about Nephilim, okay. Nephilim, uh, with the, at least the first, uh, the first bunch, right? The first bunch that were created. I mean, they they could live forever. They had their father's traits. Uh, they they had that eternal life. Well, God put a cap on that in the Bible. He put a cap on like 120 years, right? That was it. So when you put that cap on them, that hard cap, their bodies died out, but their spirits had nowhere to go. So they could either go to Sheol, someplace in the under, uh, you know, the uh, uh, under earth, or they roamed the earth looking for, for something to inhabit. So what this does is now this creates a, a crazy, uh, uh, a crazy thing. So they can't possess people which people do things that allow themselves to be possessed, sometimes unknowingly too, especially if they get involved in the occult. The other thing would be what is created for these demonic entities to possess. So now you start getting into what I like to talk about, the meat sack theory of what's created by government entities uh, with the help of fallen angels, or as they may understand them, aliens, to house these entities 
I mean, we could even go as far as cloning. We could even talk about how celebrities start looking different and you haven't seen them in a couple of years. They look different. Um, but they seem to be like their eyes look different. I'm still tripping on Katy Perry's eyeball. That was freaking me out. Which is really weird (laughs) for sure. But what's happening? Are they, are they cloning? And these, these clones are, are meat sacks for these entities to take over or, um, are these, or, or, or the biological organism, uh, gray aliens, are they, some sort of housing project for these demonic entities too, because generally speaking, when it comes to great aliens, there's nothing good that comes out of them. I don't care what anybody says. I've heard some people try to give them a shot. And I'm like, yeah, give them two more weeks. Cause like, they're not, they're not going to be good for long. They never are. It's always something bad. Somebody's getting abducted. Somebody's getting butt raped. It's something going on with these guys and they're all about it. So, and again, I think when it comes to gray aliens, I think you're going to get a couple type, right? You're going to get fallen angels that present themselves as gray aliens, but I think your more biological ones. I think this is where you're going to get more of your manufactured biological organisms that these demonic entities take over. And I think that also holds true to cryptids. And I'm not going to say all cryptids by any stretch, because I think there are true cryptids that are out there for sure. But when you look in the cryptid world, there's several different kinds. you got metaphysical, you've got your biological ones, and I think you've got your meat sack biological ones. And these are the ones that you see that tend to patrol government facilities. These are the ones that tend to show up like your, your white Bigfoot, the one that everybody talks about, the elusive one. He's always, always around some sort of government facility. It's like he is a guard dog. Speaking of which, Dog Man is also seen a lot around government facilities. So when you start Fascinating. When you start looking at that, are these biological organisms created for these entities to take over and work in in, in in coincide with these government agencies as they work with these, you know, as they may understand it, aliens? I don't think here's another thing about the government. I don't think they're that damn smart. I think the bloodlines are very smart. I think the government only knows as much as either the entities tell them or the bloodlines tell them. So I think when you track it to the actual bloodlines, they know what's really going on, right? They know that these are fallen angels. They understand what the Nephilim are. They understand what the bloodlines are. But when you're talking about government, I think they actually think these are actually aliens. I think they think they're working with aliens. They are presenting themselves in such a way. They've shown them technology. Let's not forget that in the book of Enoch, it talks about the fallen angels trading technology to have their way with the women. It was a trade-off. So, I mean, think about what's happening right now. I mean, it kind of makes sense when you start putting the pieces together. Dude, 100%. Yeah, so many fucking things that you said just jumped out at me. But yeah, you're right. Like uh, the trading of the technology for their way with women. I mean, that's kind of like, yeah, like you said, like the breeding programs that they do and like abductions. And I, you, I've you, i always heard that like what president was that made the agreement with the greys or with those aliens that they were Eisenhower. going to allow Eisenhower. Yeah, he was going to allow a few abductions. I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like 12. to me. Yeah. Yeah, pretty wild stuff, man. When they created that, and that was actually talked about in uh, Pale White Horse uh, by Bill Cooper uh, when he talks about when they met. So his whole take on it was pretty cool. Um, how uh, you know after Roswell, 
there were two aliens that lived, two graves that lived. One of them ended up dying, but the other one was kind of like held in this facility uh, underground and interrogated for like a year and it didn't wouldn't say anything right and then one day they walk in he just starts speaking perfect english and it's like all right look let me get something so i can reach the mothership and they end up brokering the deal but part of them brokering the deal was they would let us know who they abducted and in return give us technology think about the technology boom that happened at the end of the 1940s into the early 1950s to now i mean it was it's almost like the the world moved in a in a crazy uh direction forward really really quickly and you can tie that into the nazis too man everything that was going yeah. on there they were they were highly tied in to the occult and aliens so like they were they were a big part of that whole thing as well so it didn't just happen in the u.s this happened all over the place yeah and wh whether planned or otherwise it seems like almost all that new technology that came out has almost been like it's been a fancy way of imprisoning us in like surveillance state sort of thing and it you know it's one of those things was it a faustian bargain was all this technology that they gave us like a means of imprisoning ourselves like it it feels that way to me. I get a little Ted Kaczynski-ish after a while when I <laughs> start looking at all this stuff. Yeah, man, that is super fascinating. And yeah, and one of the questions I was going to ask about this was like, where do cryptids fit in all it fit into all of this? And uh, I do find that really fascinating that uh, they have things like baby, you know, dog men or guard dogs. You know, that's a fascinating concept for them. Um, I was going to ask you, so uh, I've listened to a few of your interviews in the past, and you've talked a little bit about uh, you being a former, not necessarily, or I don't know if you can be former. You used to be a Mason, right? Yeah. Uh, Tony Burkle likes to joke around. Anytime I say former, he's like, no, 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 you are one, and you're never getting away. <laughs> so which is kind of true, I guess. I mean, you, you could walk away, I mean, which I did. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I joined, uh, so you know. God, man, it got to be 10 years now. Like I was thinking about it the other day. It's probably like 10 years ago. Um, you know, I joined uh, Freemasons uh, for several reasons. Uh, at the time I was doing music and, you know, this is during like the uh, Illuminati boom of like Jay-Z and, and Beyonce and all that. Right. So it's super attractive, especially for somebody like me who, who wanted uh, power, money, um, that's, that's the world that I lived in, you know, you know, the guys I ran with, you know, that's how we thought. Um, you know, I wanted to step on your neck to get to the top. I mean, that's just how I thought back then. And, you know, honestly, and, you know, in retrospect, I, I really thought through why, you know, now, why did I want that? Because a lot of people would hear that and say, oh, that's just awful. Um, because honestly, man, I looked at most people as just dumb fucking sheep. And I really did. And I was like, if, if that's the case. I at least want to like herd them around. You know what I mean? Because if they're going to be fucking stupid and they choose to be stupid, then I'm just going to fucking do it. And that's kind of where I was at with it. That was part of the reason. Uh, money and power, man, played a small part, right? That was the, that was a goal. That was a means to an end. You know, knowledge was a huge thing for me too. The esoteric is very intriguing to me. i um, always has been. Um, so, you know, my father, uh, before he became a pastor, which he's still a pastor now, uh, Man, he he was on his way to become, you know, part of the Church of Satan. Uh, he was deep in the occult uh, before that. So, 
you know, it's kind of like, you know, I, I think they, you know, like sins of the father. I think sometimes that does progress down, even if you can break some of those things. I think there's demonic entities that prey on, on, you know, your bloodline as well, not to confuse it with Nephilim bloodlines, just normal bloodline. So, uh, yeah, for me, man, uh, you know, I got in, um, and I probably got into one of the, 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 the hardest uh, lodges in, in, the, uh, in the area that I lived in. Um, it was it was pretty difficult feat to get in. Um, on top of that, I'm white, and it was a Prince Hall uh, Freemason Lodge. So I was the first white guy to go through in 100 years. So uh, double hard. That's fascinating, <laughs> so, man. I have so. a buddy that's a Freemason, and he's telling me he lives down in Florida. And mm. it, like I thought he was fucking with me when he said that black people weren't allowed in his lodge. And he was like, no, dude, I'm totally serious. They have their own lodge. I'm not allowed in there. <laughs> it's, like, it's actually oddly <laughs> enough it's it's changed over the past couple years i mean i've still got friends that are and uh i know my buddy he's part of you know in the south uh you've got mainstream freemasons which is your what everybody thinks of and then you've got prince hall freemasons um and that's generally where you're going to get your minorities um but recently in the past six seven years they had the first black guy uh into atlanta uh, the mainstream lodge. Uh, I know my buddy, he's part of a mainstream lodge. And uh, he said that they just had a black guy come in. He's a Prince Hall, but they had him. He was allowed to come in. So they they're actually joining now, which is more of what you see up north. Yeah, if you go up north, you're going to see everything in both. So you, yeah. you go to a Prince Hall lodge and it'll be super mixed and you go to uh mainstream lodge is super mixed what's crazy enough though they're all from the same umbrella so they all follow the same tenants they are they're all from the same thing if you track anything back to who prince hall was um he was brought in to bring black people into freemasonry so like he kind of was like he was the forefather of that and this is back you know we're talking revolutionary war so, you know, this is, uh, you know, or after, so you, you've got some of that going on too, um, which is interesting. So again, for me, it, you know, I, I went through it, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it was a, uh, the initiation process was super tough. Like I said, for me, I, you know, especially after you got in, you got a lot of, uh, credibility between the other lodges, um, for even going through it. Um, now in saying that there were things that happened in my life that kind of put me on a different path. You know, I, you know, life, you know, as far as, you know, personal stuff that happened, uh, made me start rethinking some things, you know, I backed away and, you know, ended up moving and, and, and then that started going down a different path and, and, you know, where I'm at now. So especially, you know, 2020 hits, um, you know, I start, uh, which I, I already was very privy to, you know, what the inner workings are going on behind the scenes. Uh, but I think I made an active choice to build something um, that would fight against the system since I understood the system so well. And I, I understand how it operates. Listen, I get into it, man. Freemasons come at me all the time. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know this. That. Come on, man. Like, I, I've been in the lodges. I know that 95 to 96% of those guys don't know anything. They're just in there for a fraternity. That's it. Like it's yeah. not, it, people make it out to be a big deal and it is to at a certain level, or if you understand what's going on, which I did. And I, I knew there was a, a set path for me. Like I, I could have 
gotten everything I wanted. Again, I think God kind of came in and, and deviated me uh, from that path because I was given a choice, really, uh, my family or that. And I, I remember that moment where I had to make that choice and I chose my family. And that's when I started, you know, really just pushing away from it. Um, but yeah, I could have I could have gotten everything I wanted. I know that. Um, even looking back on it now, I could, I can even replay certain moments in my mind with certain people that knew that I knew what this is really about. You, you, they, 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 they spot you out. Like it's not something that, uh, is, you know, a, a big secret. I mean, these guys are in there to, to do that. Um, but I would say most of the guys are great. Like the brothers are great. I, I would. I would treat them with utmost respect. They did so much for the community. We did so much for the community. Um, our lodge was in the smack dab in the middle uh, of the projects. It was by design. Uh, so you, so we could help, you know, the community. So most of these guys are in it for that. And I can say that, you know, everybody acts like they're all like Illuminati running around drinking baby's blood. It doesn't really, it doesn't work like that. Is there a huge occultic aspect to it? Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of, Weird shit, but uh, but at the end of the day, it's not. It, it's just like a typical frat in a lot of ways. Like you know, there's weird shit that goes on in a frat house uh, at a college, at a university. So it's not yeah. anything different than that. And a lot of those guys came from frats too. So I, I think that that's the disconnect that people have because they think it's like the big bad. Um, it's more of the gateway drug, if anything, to get you into. Uh, the uh, harder drugs, which, you know, you have access to kind of once you get in, then you can kind of start playing around, see what you like, you know, like, hey, you know, I really like this over here. So, you know, it, it, it does open the doors um, for you. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying that it doesn't. Uh, I just know for me, uh, looking back on it and, you know, I don't regret anything I've done in life. I think it's, it's taught me certain things and I think that it, it gives me a certain balance or it gives me a certain foundation um, that I'm able to combat things better because I know things more uh, from a personal level. Um, I'm not suggesting people <laughs> go and do it for that reason. I'm just saying, you know, my personal experience. All right, man. Yeah. I've, I've just been super curious about it. That's, that's really fascinating because I'm, I'm always curious as far as like, you do hear those wild stories. Like these people do drink baby's blood. They're doing all these terrible things. And I do think that there probably is a very small, weird group inside of those groups that probably do do things like that. Uh, and, and I agree with you that 98.999% of the folks are just like good old boys that just want to drink beer, and like frat out and have a good time. Um, I've just been curious because uh, do you know anything about the Rosicrucians at all? Uh, well, Rosicrucians are tied into back what we were talking about, the fairy bloodline. So they're actually a big part of uh, what goes on um, with those particular uh, bloodlines. Uh, but they're a secret society just like anything else. Now, I think that what you see with the Rosicrucians now or people that claim to be Rosicrucians now, it's nothing like it used to be. I think it's just more in name. It's like people that claim that they're, they're Knight Templars now. I think that people that would be considered a Knight Templar now, that would could correlate to a Knight Templar back then, you wouldn't even know what they were called. Uh, they would be uh, super underground. I think they're just showboating. I think that they are kind of a part of something, um, but I don't. I don't really think it's anything like it used to be. Um, at least, at least in the scope of what it was, you know, back in those days. Uh, but I know people claim to be now. Uh, 
you know, I think maybe it's probably like we were just talking about Freemasons, more of a frat thing. Um, I think there's a maybe a little bit more of a elite feel for these people. Again, man, a lot of it's just to feel good. People get in secret societies, man, just to feel like they're doing something or a part of something nobody else is a part of. Really, man, the the real players, you don't know their names. I always joke around. We talk about the Rothschilds and Rockefellers, man. They're just the front men, man. They're not yeah. they're not the they're not the Orsinis, they're not the names that you barely hear of that are mover movers and shakers like the black nobility, man. They're you don't know their names. They don't have social security numbers. They don't have they, like the world is their playground. There's no countries to them. They do whatever exactly. they want and they're part of these bloodlines and they protect these bloodlines as well. There's a lot of incest in these bloodlines, um, because they're protecting uh they're protecting it. Okay, and I was just going to ask you what. Speaking of the the Rosicrucians, like I've been fucking fascinated by them because they consider themselves like a Christian order, and but they're like Christian mystics, and I just like I'm fucking curious as hell. And I know that there's one down the road for me. I, I live near Portland, and I've been curious about just like popping in and saying hello. Uh, is that a bad idea? <laughs> should, should I not like? Uh, I've, I've been asking the last few guests like their opinion on him because I don't know enough about him. And probably that's a, I should probably know more before I just pop in and say hello. Yeah, I don't know enough about what's going on down the road for me to give you like a, a good answer there. I mean, yeah. I know for me, I'm probably going to stay as far away from some of that stuff as I can. Um, you know, I'm not really yeah. trying to get involved. One, if they I don't are like involved. Groups. In- <laughs> I don't like groups and I don't like, I won't swear any oath to anything. I won't even pledge allegiance to the flag. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not interested in any, any oaths. I just want to like pick through their library. I just want to read some books. If and they I let you, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I know, I know that, uh, you know, even just going through Freemasonry, I couldn't get access to really much of anything until after I was, you know, fully in. So I know mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff won't, you won't get access to. Um, and if they do let you have access to it, it's probably bullshit. It's probably nothing to yeah, it. There's yeah. nothing like barely. This is the dummy either. library that they let the dummies in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it's a lot of that stuff is based in in uh, some some form of Christianity. Uh, Knights Templar were. I mean, you think about the Holy Wars. A lot of these groups came out of that era of a lot of blood being spilt over the name of Christ. So, uh, again, back to the church being infiltrated and and the name of God and the name of Christ being used uh, for a lot of bad things. And that's why, you know, I don't blame people that look at Christianity and are like, I want nothing to do with that. Because I can see their point of view, but they don't know like the purest form uh, what that actually means. You know, it's even like when people uh, try to use the Bible as a form to tell you to go to church. Well, that's never what. That those verses meant in Hebrew. Uh, a matter of fact, when when those verses were written, the church was the dad in the house and his wife and kids. Like that was the church. So it's it's not what people think that it is. These structures and and to that point too, when you're looking at uh, especially Roman Catholicism, a lot of these structures are built on Freemasonry. They're built on occultic. 
uh, dimensions. A lot of these places are. So when you're going to these places, quote unquote, worship, what are you really worshiping? I mean, hell, man, look at the uh, the the Pope's audience hall, man. It looks like a fucking reptilian head, man. And it's like he's sitting on a throne and he's got like Jesus coming out of the ground, but his hair looks like a serpent head and he's like coming out of hell. But they said, oh, he's what do they say? He It's just him saving the apocalyptic world, whatever they made up. And it's like, come on, man, like. It's so obvious, but so many people are just so uh, blind to it and they don't understand it. And I think it takes, you know, people to put the information out there. Uh, And for me, it's finding an entertaining way of putting it out there for people to digest and make it palatable for people, you know, whether it's music or whether it's social media or, you know, films um, people operate better that way. It's not you in their face screaming. Like people are not going to listen to you. And, you know, people, you know, get their butt cheeks all the time with stuff I say, man. But I, I don't, you know, I'm just here to do it an entertaining way. You take it or leave it. You know, you know, I'm just putting information out there. Um, you know, so, you know, take what you want from it. Hopefully I, I can plant a seed and maybe three weeks from now, a month from now, you see something else. And you're like, oh man, I remember that that song or that, that reel that guy came out. Oh man, I, maybe I need to go back and look at that again. Maybe I need to look more into this. And before you know it, you're, you're teaching yourself something. You're, you're researching yourself. You're looking into things. Um, I, that's all it's about, man. I'm not here to wake people up. I'm just putting information out there. You, you got to wake yourself up. Uh, you know, Neo had to pop that's the pill true. himself. Neo had yep. to pop the pill himself, man. It wasn't Morpheus that shoved it down his throat. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I love your reels, dude. They're like short. They're to the point. They're entertaining. They like, they get you, they get your attention. Uh, One that I was really digging is the one that you did about St. Lucifer. And I'd never heard of St. Lucifer before. That was fucking fascinating, man. And I need to do some more research on that. That's a Uh, dope guy, man. Yeah. I tell you what, you you want to uh, get somebody on to talk about that? Talk to Esoteric Eddie, man. That dude is. I just had him on last man. week. Yeah. yeah, he did a whole he did a whole podcast with us about Saint Lucifer. So uh, yeah, he's a dope dude, man. He and I have a uh, a project that I won't talk about right now that we're working on together. So that was one of those projects yeah. I was talking about earlier. But uh, he's a he's a uh, He's a, a definitely a scholar when it comes to a lot of the esoteric stuff that's going on. Um, he's really good at tying it into uh, a lot of things that I like biblically. So, you know, he and I can have these really good conversations uh, about how, like, you know, Sumerian uh, culture ties into uh, the Bible. And, uh, you know, it's like he said uh, on the podcast with us one time, he's like, if anything, uh, the Sumerian stuff proves the bible so you know which is which is pretty cool uh when you look at it that way yeah i absolutely 100 percent agree yeah we had a great conversation yeah shout out to esoteric eddie you're the man fucking amen uh yeah so i had just a few more questions for you let me see here um okay so as far as like the illuminati what we call the illuminati is the illuminati like is there an actual one group called the Illuminati or is this just like kind of a concept and there's just a whole bunch of these groups that are kind of tied together? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think what we understand as the Illuminati is probably a bunch of groups that are tied into the same goal. Right. Um, Now, do I think there is an actual Illuminati? 
could very well be. I mean, I think maybe in the, on the celebrity scale, I think they love to use that imagery uh, for yeah. sure. Uh, you know, and I think there's a certain level of these celebrities that use it. It's not them using it. It's the PR groups and the machines behind them that force them to use a lot of this imagery. So it's not necessarily that they're a part of these structures. Um, now, some of them are. Uh, yeah. I, I think Jay, Jay-Z wholeheartedly is. Uh, he's he's worn way too many shirts uh, with Do It Thou Wilt, a lot of Crowley imagery. Uh, if you've tracked Jay-Z back to the 90s, uh, even his first album, Reasonable Doubt, he had a song in there called The Evils, uh, spelled devils, but with an apostrophe, The Evils. It was probably, it's probably my favorite song by Jay-Z. It was one of the most intricate, esoteric songs that he's ever written, and nobody talks about it. Uh, nobody even really knows about it until I bring it up, and I'm like, dude, he's literally talking about secret societies, and he's talking about how you... Uh, can take over a city um, among other occultic things in that song. Uh, matter of fact, he samples uh, prodigy from mob deep and on the hook, he says, Illuminati want my mind, soul in my body. Secret society's got their eye on me. And that's the hook. So that's, that's, we're talking 95 man. And you can find pictures of Jay-Z with Freemasons before he was ever signed. Jay-Z was very, very much involved with this world. Uh, before he got into hip hop dude and just where he's been able to go like he's he's at the pinnacle man he's at the top you know like as far as the rap game goes i mean there's no one bigger than jay-z it's pretty fucking wild and i don't think you get that way i don't think they allow you to get that far without being a part of some of those groups no i don't I don't think so either. I think there's a cap, right? I think there's a certain level. Now, I want to say this, though, too, because what I really, really can't stand is artists or creators or whatever that blame everything on conspiracies and blame everything on secret societies on why they can't make it. So I I don't like that either. Uh, Maybe your shit's just not that good. Maybe Maybe it is good. Maybe you're just not putting enough work in. Maybe you're lazy. There's a lot of factors on why. Now, do I think there's a certain point to where you're not going to get all the way there. Yeah. I mean, it's the devil's playground, man. But I think God is a much bigger, badder entity than Satan ever, ever is, man. Sean says it best. He's like, we give these devils too much credence, man. We give them too much power. We invoke their name too much, man. Like, you know, we need to start swinging our fucking cock and nuts around, man, like we should, uh, and, and, and quit acting like we're fucking scared because we shouldn't. If we're rolling on the right team, if we're rolling with God, man, we know who's going to win in the end. Are we going to go through some tough times? Yes, it's already been stated that we will. But are we going to get some victories? Are we going to get some battle, like some some wins in battle? Are we ultimately going to win? Absolutely. And I think people can be very successful and not go down this demonic path. I think it's absolutely yeah. possible. So I don't I don't adhere to that mess at all, man. I hate people when they get on that stuff like oh i might as well just give up i've had people tell me that We're like i might as well just give up because you know you get to a certain point they're gonna stop you anyway i was like who's who's telling you that like my god's bigger than that i'm not adhering to that shit man <laughs> amen man i love it yeah hell yeah that's awesome um oh shit I'm, dude i'm sorry i'm so fucking brain dead right now <laughs> i'm Good. so fucking sick i need to go to bed uh i was gonna ask you um so my pastor told me the story um, 
when I was a kid. And I was, I don't, I, this is just out of nowhere, basically, because I can't tie this into anything we were talking about earlier. But he was talking to me about, uh, there was a seedy fucking motel that uh, was like across the street from this construction site that we were working on. So I was probably, I was probably like 14. That was my first job working construction mm-hmm. with my pastor. He was the cement finisher and, and doing some other stuff. And there was a seedy, crazy hotel over there. And he was telling me um, that there was a biker gang that had ran that hotel that had, that were Satanists that had uh, ladies of the night, some prostitutes, right? That, they would intentionally uh so anyways they were like having these ladies out there on purposely getting knocked up so that they could take the babies and do sacrifices with them and that was one of the most wild stories and i believed it wholeheartedly when i was I, when i was a kid and then for a certain amount of time i was like man he must have been crazy and now I, it's i'm coming back full circle and i'm like he might not have been crazy i think like cuz i would trust anything that he would say besides this was a pretty, pretty wild one for me. What do you think about that, man? I think that those things happen. I think there's breeding grounds for, for that, for sure. I think, especially when you're looking at uh, child abductions, all these, all these kids and all these abductions, even like, you know, uh, human trafficking in general, we're not even talking about just kids, but just human trafficking in general. I don't think they're all getting sacrificed. I think some of them are definitely being used to, create um sacrifices you know they need need the purest blood they can get um i also think that here's another one for you throw you for a loop so i think that there are these bloodlines and these men will have sex with some of these quote-unquote slave women um and what these kids are used to then do is to implement into certain places of power Later on down the line, whether it's in Hollywood, uh, whether it's in music, whether it's in politics, uh, what that does is so that implements their bloodlines into something without them having their name on it. So you say you've got like a, a Rothschild and they have a kid, you know, not with the Rothschild name, but with someone else. And they can implement this kid. They can literally put it into a wealthy family and say, OK, this is your kid. You know, do the do the classic moon bump, the fake, the fake pregnancy. Here you go. Here's the kids. Pull an Obama, right? Put put a couple put a couple kids in there that ain't theirs, right? You know, you we know Michael ain't having no kids. So 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 anyway, uh yeah, so so you got that going on. And what they do is they implement these kids into certain positions that they can control. Because people would become very aware if there was just a shit ton of Rothschilds running around and all, you know. I'm just using their name because it's very well known yeah. to people uh, as an example, but that's why they do that. So there's a lot of that going on as well. And I think a lot of these uh, women that are uh, pulled from human trafficking are used for that too. I mean, and then you got just human trafficking, man, just people being awful. You got that going on too. But if we're talking about the elites and what they have involved with it, I think, yeah, you've got breeding ground for occultic rituals. And I think you've got, a breeding ground for what they want to implement into power down the road uh, as well. It's kind of like the uh, Comet Pizza guy. You know, they, they've they tracked him back to uh, Rothschild bloodlines 
as well. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, one of the theories that's been rolling around, um, is as well. I mean, how did this guy get so influential at a pizza shop? You know, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. He was in the like Forbes top 50 most influential people in like Washington, DC. And he Which just like insane. owns pizza. You know, it's a couple pizza. Dude, spots. He never yeah. even graduated yeah. college. He didn't do anything, man. And all of a sudden here he is. And, you know, they started tracking him back and he was like the bastard son of one of the Rothschilds. Um, or at least what, you know, I've seen from it. I mean, obviously there'll be a lot of people refute that, but at least from what I've heard, and it makes sense to me, it makes sense that they would do this because these kids uh, would give them a certain level of power in different arenas. Yeah. Well, I've heard the same thing about Greta Thunberg, that she's a Rothschild as well. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I've I've seen that too. And I, it, it would not surprise me at all. Uh, she's, she's definitely manufactured. We know that much about yeah. her. Uh, well, it's just that. So like I said earlier, like maybe you don't get to those pinnacles or whatever, if you're not one of those things, but maybe it's not even necessarily that it's that like, if you are part of those bloodlines or if you are, you'll get that crazy promotion. Cause like mm-hmm. why on earth should I have ever known about some like Swedish teenager that was skipping school to talk about the environment, you know, <laughs> And and I know about her because they brought her to the fucking UN. They brought her to, you know, like all these crazy things. They flashed her all over television. And that's why, because she is one of those people, she is going to get the promotion. She is going to get the eyes and ears and it's for an agenda. Oh no, man. Absolutely. I mean, we, we know, we know anytime we see somebody come out of nowhere and they're, you know, making wild claims like she is, and, and the entire world media is pushing it. We know it's manufactured um, and it's definitely being pushed by these bloodlines for sure. I mean, climate change is, is, a, is one of the biggest scams of all time. So fucking a man. And it's a strong one and uh, they're pushing it hard right now. And I, I'm really hoping, you know, that people, I like to think that people will wake up. I used to think people would push back. 2020 kind of uh, blackpilled me slightly with just how much. Well, because I live out here in Oregon, and, man, mm-hmm. people are still nuts. I think there's still restaurants that will make you have a, have your pass or else they won't let you in. Like, it's, it's fucking wild, wild out here, dude. Like, we're fucking in 2022, and they're acting like it's December, to, like, 2020. They're absolutely nuts. Um, I liked what you said um, you made a reel not that long ago about the amnesty and you kind of broke from the herd a little bit and you're like, I'll forgive you guys. Uh, that was a very Christ-like thing to do. I really like that. You want to give your thoughts on that? Like uh, to everybody listening right now? Look, man, if, if anybody knows anything about me uh, and if you don't, I don't, I don't roll with the herd. I don't care if it's the truth or herd or whatever, man. I'm going to think for myself. I'm going to critically think. Uh, Sean and I uh, are, are very much in tune with that. A lot of times we don't jump on a topic initially because we see everybody freaking out in a matter of like 15 minutes. And here's the truth or crowd all getting worked up. It's like they did with Kanye. All of a sudden, like they love Kanye and they haven't even, you know. I love Kanye for years, man. College Dropout is a fucking fantastic oh, album. It's beautiful, man. He's got some of the best music ever. I mean, I I can go into a million ways about stuff he's involved in and all that, but it's just pure from a musical standpoint, man. He's a genius. He really is. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a great, great musician. 
that sold his soul. But at the end of the day, he's a great musician. Um, but, you know, it's like when the Kanye stuff happened, man, everybody jumped on and started freaking out. Uh, Sean and I ended up doing an episode like two weeks later. Uh, we start, you know, and even then we felt like it was too soon because there was still stuff coming out about it. But we were like, yeah, we're going to give our thoughts on it. Uh, the amnesty thing. Uh, if you want to hear me go on a big rant about it, uh, 12 a.m. tonight, uh, we've got an episode coming out uh, called uh, Houston. We have takeoff. We're going to be talking about the rapper takeoff and a bunch of wild stuff there. But I do on a big rant about amnesty on that. Um, I just absolutely was disgusted, man, by most of the people when that article came out. First off, the article was put out there for a reason. People are fucking idiots. It's like it was put out there to piss you off. It wasn't put out there because they actually meant it. It was actually a trolling article that the, the, uh, the lady Oster that wrote it, she was very backhanded in a lot of the stuff that she said in the article. She wasn't asking for amnesty. That's not really what she was asking for. Even Sean, he, he was like, man, I, I kind of read it. Like she was asking amnesty from us. Like I didn't even really take it. Like she, like everybody else took it. Uh, when I read it, you know, I was like, Ah, she's just this is very backhanded she's not really asking for amnesty but at the face value i think that we should forgive we should give amnesty to people man because if we're harboring hatred in our hearts man we're doing exactly what they say we are we're acting exactly like they said we were a bunch of dumb fucking trumpers who got can't see their fucking head from their ass that's what they see the truth or community whether you like trump or not uh we all get lumped into that category which i fucking hate by the way because i can't stand that guy but at the end of the day um again I think for myself, dude, I piss these Trumpers off all the time, man. I know I do. It's like Sean and I say, man, get your butt cheeks tight today because I'm getting them tight all week long, every week, man. I'm not coming with it what you think I'm going to come with. If something drops and everybody jumps on it, I'm probably not jumping on it. I'm probably going to sit there and think through it a little bit and use my critical mind, the mind that God gave us to use. And that was the thing that really, dude, there were people that I respect um, that were coming out like, we'll never forgive. We'll never forget. It's our turn now to make you pay. Like, come on, man. Like, you're doing exactly. <laughs> like, we're in a position to do that anyways. <laughs> right. It, it was just disgusting, man. These people, like, it, it, it disgusted me. And, you know, a lot of people got mad when I put that out. But uh, like, whatever, man. Like, I, I don't care. I'm not here to make people happy. I'm just here to try to speak the truth or at least what God wants me to speak on this yeah. earth while I'm here. And that that's, that's it, man. And, and that's how I feel about that whole subject. I, I, I was Sean, he, he, he likes to hype me up. Cause I'll, I'll be at like work or something. He'll send me stuff. And he knew I was already, cause I had already done, uh, cause we had recorded the episode that's dropping uh, tomorrow, a few days ago. He sent me, God, man, it was some dude. And you've probably seen it circulating, man. Some some dude, he's got face tattoos, and he was pointing to his black flag, and then he was pointing to his don't tread on me flag, and then he was just like, this is what it fucking means. Fuck your amnesty and all this shit, man. And I was I like, I haven't that just, seen that, but that's hilarious. That, that <laughs> like, set me off. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about it now. I'm actually going to put out a reel about it. Um, I know it's probably not going to get much traction, because anytime I do anything that's critically thinking and I'm not picking a side, uh, it never gets that much traction. Not, not normally. Um, you know, if, if I do something about Joe Biden guaranteed, it's probably going to take off. 
uh you know trump not so much because a lot of people just love sucking that dude's dick so they're they're gonna they're gonna they fucking really do man dude it's so they're a cult with it and they don't even see it man they 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 think you know it's one thing you want to go vote fine man i don't believe in voting and i know and i know all the detractors that, that and all their reasons why i'm wrong um i'm just i'm just very uh i'm just very against it man i don't think that it serves any purpose especially when they're all selected it's all it's all contrived so so why it's am I legitimizing the system man it's legitimizing it the system and it's giving your consent to be governed when you select your slave master you know and when you go to select and to me it's like no fuck you i'm not i'm not gonna play your game i'm not going mm-hmm. to even give you the you know i'm not going to give you even the the hint of i think you have legitimate rule over me so I'm, there's no way that I'm going to sit there and sign your name and put my name to it and pass it through. And then even more so, it's like, let's say that I vote for – let's say I voted for Joe Biden and all mm. the crazy shit that happened. Is that partially my fault? Maybe it is, man. I think that there is something to that. It's like when you vote for a warmonger and then some – like, you know, like what's his name? Just like fucking bombing the shit out of like Libya or something or like yeah. Saddam, you know, all that shit. like. I think that the blood is partially on your hands when you do that. Like you could say the same thing is through taxation, but they fucking, they point a gun at you and force you and they take that money from you. But when you go to that ballot box and you put your name on there and you throw it in there, I think that you kind of, you're kind of, uh, you're saying you're okay with it. Right. Now, Sean votes, but he doesn't vote like everybody else. He votes strictly third party. He votes for people that he thinks could make a difference that he knows will never get in. So it's yeah. his way of sticking a middle finger up to, to the system in his own way. Um, I just, I just, vote Ron don't. Paul for president every time. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, how I think about it is, you know, that is my vote by not voting because I'm yeah. not supporting this system. Could you imagine if just everybody in the U.S. is like, nope, we're not going to vote? They never do that because people are so consumed with their side winning. But imagine if everybody did that, man. The whole system would collapse. We'd have to have a nuke system. And then we'd have well, to dude, have people that could actually help. That's what I love, man. The peace revolution. I think that's like the answer. It's like peaceful civil disobedience. Like it, that's what they want you to do. Exactly what you were saying is like they want you angry. They want you reactive. They want you to pick up a gun and say, not my America. And like because you're easy to deal with when you're like that and you're you're also when you sit there and you hold a rifle you're an easy target because you look like an asshole and you say you're going to go and hurt people like no one will give two shits about you there's no sympathy they're like oh i'm glad the cops went and killed them but if you're sitting there like martin luther king and you're sitting there with like a a flower out you're in a nice suit and you're saying like i'm gonna ride the bus if i want to like you they you force them to show their hand and show their authoritarian nature. You force them to take off their mask and show what they really are, which is like they are the the monopoly on the legitimate use of force. They are the gun in the room. That's what government is. And so you you force them to show their hand when you do that. It is. It's a peaceful revolution. Like you said, if we all just stopped, all of us just said, we're not going to pay our taxes anymore. We're not going to work tomorrow. We're not gonna we're not gonna keep your systems running. We're going to go over here. We're gonna take care of our families. We're gonna put some. You know what? We're gonna put a like a shovel in the in the soil. We're gonna start growing some food. We're gonna take care of each other. That would break the system, like you said. Yeah, 
And I think that's uh, a part of, you know, what we do at Kill the Mockingbirds too, man. Like we'll talk about subjects and we'll break down things, but we also try to give people solutions as well. That's the thing that people don't do enough of. Uh, we just did a, an episode called Perma Pimpin. Uh, I love the, it. Uh, Perma Pentcast guys, man, those guys are phenomenal. They've been doing permaculture for the longest time, man. Uh, matter of fact, William went over and studied permaculture over in Australia for two years and came back here and added more to what his dad already knew. And they've built a whole system about it. They do a lot of these self-reliance festivals, show people how to how to uh, slaughter a pig right, how to grow things right, I how do to that. become yeah. sustainable. And that's and that is, I think, important. And listen. You're not, nobody's going to be all there right away, right? This is impossible. Like, you can't just, you know, go out and get a farm tomorrow, you know, and everybody's got that kind of money. Not everybody's got the, uh, the capabilities of that right now. But what you can do, do what you can, you know, do what you can to become as self sustainable as you can. Hell, even if it's just stocking food for when something goes stocking down. Stocking food. Also, get to know your fucking neighbors. Get to know your local yeah. farmers. That's the first step. Start supporting your local farmers. Buy your eggs from your local farm down the road. Get your milk. Get some vegetables from your local farmers. And you know what? When the fucking store shelves are bare and empty, you know a guy. You know a guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so no, I'm all about that, man. We're, <laughs> yeah. Our show is our, is agorist, if you see the gray and black yeah. flag behind you there. Yeah, that's what we're all about, man. It's the counter-economics, and it's about building the community and self-sufficiency and peaceful revolution. Yeah, man, and I think Hell that's yeah. how it should be. And I, and I get that maybe there's a time where maybe it's not as peaceful, but, you know, at least let's try to – keep it that way as long as we can you know what i mean at least become self-sustainable enough build together um sean i talk about all the time building you know what are we doing to build uh, a better future are we just complaining all the time are we creating echo chambers are we copycatting each other truth or community is notorious for that copycatting everybody something happens and everybody's got to jump on it because they got to make sure their post blows up on social media like it, it's 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 a whole game um that they all do and, and man i told sean the other day i was like look Dude, I could jump on the Trump train and blow the fuck up. Like yeah. I could have blown up a long time ago, man. I could have done it because I know how to. I know how to listen. If I wanted to, I could do it. I, I'm not going to though because I'm going to promote what I think that people should hear. It might not be what you want to hear, but it's going to be what I think you should hear because you know what? Uh, I was on Tony Burkle's show uh, a few weeks back. And I said, listen, if your butt cheeks aren't getting tight twice a week, then you ain't doing something right, man. If I'm not challenging myself or being challenged by something at least twice a week to where, like, I'm breaking my matrix consistently, that's the thing, man. Your matrix is never all the way broke, man. We've got so many things that are ingrained in us since childhood that we're constantly breaking it. Dude, I'm breaking stuff all the time. So you need to allow yourself to be wrong. People are so like, hold on to their ideals till they die. Like, you know, I'll die on that sword. Like, come on, man. Like, that's why we're in this predicament right now, because you're dying on swords that we should never be on in the first place. 100%, man. 100%. Well fucking said. Uh, Joel, the next time I have you on, hopefully I'm in a much better headspace and I'll ask you a lot better questions. <laughs> I appreciate you so much for coming on, man. We're uh, getting to about an hour and a half, so I'm going to let you go. Um, I appreciate you, brother. Do you want to give uh, 
plugs one more time. Tell tell us about your movie that's coming out, and uh, tell everybody where they can find it when it comes out. And- yeah. Uh, right now, you can catch my current documentary uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's called Expedition Dogman. Uh, it's very easy to find. Uh, you could go to, like I said, Amazon Prime. I think you'd rent it for a dollar ninety nine. You can buy it for four ninety nine. So you know we're not we're not charging you out the ass for that. Uh, it's a phenomenal film. Listen, like I'm not saying it just because I'm a part of it. Um, I did see some wild stuff on the trip, but man, like the cinematography is really good, and the guys that edit it who are also a part of the team because we're a little different. Our camera guys are actually a part of it. The guy shooting the whole thing is carrying an AR and walking around the woods with us, and he's highly a part of this. So. I think you guys are really like that. If you're looking for my music, uh, you can find it at Joel Thomas on any platform, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, uh, The Gambit Worldwide. Uh, if you're looking to find access to any of the podcasts that I've been featured on or Kill the Mockingbirds podcast, uh, you can just go to my link tree, which is Linktree Van Tesla Music. You can find me at Van Tesla Music on Instagram, which is where I do most of the stuff social media-wise. Um, or you can go to Kill the Mockingbirds podcast on Instagram as well, and you can find any of our stuff there. We've got a lot going on. Um, There's a lot of entertainment value there. If anything, you'll probably get a good laugh, even if you don't like what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, brother. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you, Brent. Yes, sir. Had a great time. 